Oh, you sound sickish. I am. Oh man, mm. I'm, I got something. Same. Yeah. Oh, well, you got I thought it was from the river. I went to the river recently. I went Which to the river. It's called like something bend in Montevallo. Oh. Yes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. They, like you, some 15 year old boys, you get on the back of their truck and they, they drive Bingo. into the river. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's great. We should it's go a lot there of fun. Next. And, but at the end, you know, it's like a three hour river float. Yeah. And these like black rubber tubes. <laughs> and at the end though, there's these huge limestone cliffs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a very, uh, risky, questionable metal, like contraption you know yeah. like like a it's not quite a ladder but more of like a stand you know and there's levels okay but the the ladder to get to this metal stand is attached with rope <laughs> smart so you're like so you're not worried about it at so all. like i mean if you can just picture the physics you put your foot on that first rung and it goes like yeah. you know it's not straight it just goes like that oh god so you're like you're going at an angle. Uh, you know? That's gosh. terrifying. We had a horrible experience there, so we did not stop to jump off that. Oh, oh you did? My what fiance, was your he was my boyfriend at the time, though. <laughs> I mean, it's a big difference. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Oh, you had the first little, like... You will be uh, tested later. <laughs> uh, his name is Justin, so if I reference Justin, that's who it is. But there, you know the first, like, little, like, rapid you go down? Yes. So, quote rapid yeah well there's <laughs> some people are supposed to, it's actually pretty big it, it is it is definitely it's substantial enough that yeah you'll not get you'll get knocked out so my boyfriend <laughs> broke his finger and we had like water tied to a tube it smashed all that smashed his phone and that's oh like my God. the very beginning <laughs> so and it was like four o'clock so it's starting to get cold it was like the end of summer oh so shit. it was just like Okay, let's get out of here. We did it in like oh, no. two and a half hours. <laughs> but we'll have some redemption, hopefully. Yeah. So you got something from the river, you think? Sickness Yeah. Wise. So, yeah, oh. I was trying to say, I jumped. <laughs> Bringing it back. Sorry. My, my, it's okay. My, I, my drunk ass was like, I'm going to jump off the third part of this oh, metal dang. contraption stand. Yeah. You know, because all my friends were like, do it, do it. But you won't, but I did. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I should have held my nose, but I didn't hold my nose. Yeah. So I think the river water went flooded. Ooh, your brain. Flooded my systems. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I caught a bug or something. Yeah. I think I have a parasite or in living inside uh, my nose. Damn. Oh, no. That was a mistake. This is a mistake. There is also just a cold going around. I think it's also <laughs> just that. the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you started the cold from the river. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to our latest episode of This Is A Mistake. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Shelby. I'm Martha Ellen. Today, we have Cole Bryant on the show. Welcome, Cole. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. We're really glad you're welcome here. To, welcome to be here. Oh, welcome <laughs> welcome to have you. Yeah. Welcome to be here and have you, too. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. thanks. I feel really we feel thank welcome. You. Thanks for having me on your bed. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> the best part. Sweet bed. Yeah. <laughs> nice and squeaky. What do you think about the pillows? Um, let's go from one to ten. <laughs> yeah. One being like concrete, ten being like sweet and plush. Yeah. yeah. I'd say sweet and plush. Right? Oh, really? Oh. 
You're yeah. the first person who said that. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, what? These are I my think pancakes. it's very sufficient. New pillows. Oh. You got new pillows. That's why. Those are new. Josh, You really? knew I'd be here. Yeah. You knew I had a, a ranking system exactly. of pillows. You know, I was <laughs> looking at them and I was like, they don't really look that thin. Yeah, those two are brand new. <gasps> oh. Those two are the old ones. Last week. New pillows just for you. Really they good used stuff. all four of them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So cool. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What you do? <laughs> you um, are. <laughs> <laughs> I am a graphic designer and an artist and a musician in wow. Birmingham, Alabama. Men of nice. all things. Wait, do you know what your Myers-Briggs is? My Myers-Briggs? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that like Ben and Jerry's? <laughs> oh, no. no. It's like a personality test, but it's super nerdy. But typically, people who are like good at a lot of things, like you sound to be, are ENFPs. So I was like, I wonder mm, if he's an I'm ENFP. more of like a half baked. <laughs> 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 so the letters mean different things, like extroverted. Are you extra caramel? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, perceptive. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just no to that one. Great. So nope. You like ice cream? <laughs> I'm a. I'm actually a t- the a Tonight hint, Dough kind of gal. Uh, yeah. The Tonight Dough. I don't know. Ben Y'all haven't had the Tonight Dough. Tonight Dough. The Tonight Dough. I to- I'm telling you, I am it's a half baked. <laughs> right, Myers Briggs. <laughs> it's Jimmy Fallon's ice cream. It's caramel. It's vanilla. Mm. It's brownie pieces. It's chunks of Ooh. chocolate cookie Ooh, dang. Mm. and it's peanut butter cookie dough wow guys <laughs> that'll change your life sounds pretty good sounds, sounds pretty good in australia <laughs> in australia sorry i'm going on a long bit about yeah. this <laughs> go for it in melbourne it's really cool melbourne <laughs> ben and jerry's is 13 dollars oh for my god and i would spend 13 dollars like on drugs. the tonight dough because i was like america <laughs> jeez what the hell? anyways it was a treat <laughs> yeah because that's a lot of money that is a lot of money yeah anyways so tell us a little bit more about the art you do Hmm. graphic design i've seen your work before i want to just know like what you're i actually am very interested to know like what kind of like how did you i feel like fall into it is a bad way of putting it but what made you feel like this is like what i want to do like i know you went to auburn yeah did you study that in school uh the uh I, I did, and then I dropped out. Mm. Um, I kind of gravitated towards doing art on my laptop when I was in middle school. We were given laptops in like eighth grade, and I started using Microsoft Paint. And uh, once I got into high school, one of my art teachers saw that I was doing this work, and he was like, hey, you should try out Adobe Illustrator, which is... Uh, tool for like graphic design right and uh started using that and then started and then there was a graphic design class that i took in high school so i did that and then um i slowly just start things just started sort of unfolding in my life where that's just sort of what i gravitated towards which was the design graphic design world and um i wasn't very good uh i wasn't very good at it but I loved it. You know, I just like, I was very, um, uh, I just, 
I guess you could say like I had a good work ethic. Like I just yeah. tried to put a lot of hours into it. Yeah. I wanted to learn really bad, so I was like, soaking up as much information as possible. Sure. Right. Taking like random internships or like doing random like odd jobs. A lot of like, you know, like a volleyball team needs a T-shirt. You know. Sure. Yeah. Or like this vacation Bible school. Like <laughs> they need a pamphlet or something. Yeah. Um. But so along the way, I was still doing these like weird um pieces through the program um just like on free time you know like in between gigs i would just be like okay i'm gonna practice on this program and just like make whatever i want right and um and i never really took it that seriously until i got so i was going to school at auburn and um I finished my like core courses and I got a gig working at this place called Stamp in Auburn, which is like a screen printing shop and they needed an in-house designer and I got the job and I started doing that full time and working graphic design for a screen printing shop is kind of like, it's a service industry job essentially where you just like, you know, you have random people come in and they're like, you know, they just... They want t-shirts for anything. They want posters for random things. They want koozies, you know, whatever you can screen print on. is like, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's random. Right. Um, so in between that gig, I also kind of kept doing little bits of art in between and without my boss knowing because he did not <laughs> like it when I did that. Really? So, yeah. So whenever my boss wasn't there, I would still, I would just like make random pieces of art and, um, we started putting on art shows along with music as well in Auburn, just me and my friends in this place called Shady Glen. And so I would show these digital pieces that I was doing. And that's just kind of how it took hold is like essentially, you know, what I did to pass time in between my jobs, I was experimenting. And it just, I didn't really, I don't know. It, it was really interesting to me. And it was, it was, I didn't know anyone that was doing it, you know. I kind of got. I did. I do drawing a lot too, you know, yeah. like ink mm-hmm. and charcoal stuff. But that sort of fell wayside when I realized, like, oh wow, there's this like new medium, you know. Yeah. Like, there's not really a digital artist that I know, you right. know. I'm like, what if I just did that? Yeah. You're know, like, what if that was just my thing? Yeah. So I just like poured all my energy into it and just tried to make weird shit, like whatever the fuck I wanted. I was just like, I'm just gonna do it. I don't yeah. care. And, um, and people started to notice and then started getting more shows. And then, you know, fast forward, like, I guess four or five years later, and now I'm just doing it full time and like getting paid for it in a way. Yeah. That's you know? cool. Very cool. But I'd always been really interested in visual arts from a young age. It was just like the digital stuff really intrigued me, you know? I don't know. You just you just don't like when I went when I took art history classes. You don't have like a digital art history yeah. course yeah. yet. Yeah, you know, like there's there's not like a Picasso of digital art or a a Pollock of of like Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's and essentially essentially like you know a lot of those movements that were created with these people that are in art history courses, you know, they're making things in response to previous art. So mm-hmm. essentially it's like I saw digital art as the proper next step or the proper response 
to traditional media such mm, as paint cool. or charcoal or graphite whatever you know yeah. sculpture so it's been an interesting process yeah but um yeah it's it's just something i'm really interested in yeah cool. kind of sucks though i think why so- is it <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying i mean it's like it's not like recognized as as like in the same light as like painting mm-hmm. or drawing, you know, like people see you like make a drawing and, and that has elements that you, you can see that have been passed down from past like, sure. like history. Yeah. Like it's familiar. Right. There's, it's, it's just a little too, I say it sucks. It's kind of a joke. It's just like, you know, it's just something that hasn't really taken hold yet within yeah. like yeah. society, sure. particularly the fine art world. I'm not saying that's my goal, but I mean like every once in a while I'm just like, holy shit, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making like weird computer art <laughs> <laughs> on like posting it on Instagram, hoping somebody sees it, you know? Yeah. I think that that could be said too, though, about like, I don't know, the artist culture. A lot of people probably feel of the similar nature where they're like, how am I standing out? How is mine different? Or how am I being totally. recognized and seen like with my stuff? Yeah. Cause I do a lot of hand embroidery and uh-huh. sewing. Um, whenever I do shows, people are like, wow, this is really good. My grandmother used to do this or like it's, it became really common. Mm-hmm. And so to stand out and be like, to convince someone to, I don't know, buy it or appreciate it in the light that I want it to be appreciated in it kind of takes some convincing of like changing your mindset of like, I put time and effort and thought into this t- for it to stand out apart from the flowers that your grandmother embroidered on a pillowcase. Right. Like yeah. I thought of this concept in this way and like I poured a lot of emotion yeah, into and this. It's uniquely yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so to like kind of, you, it's like a convincing thing that you have to do with people sometimes of getting them yeah. to understand it and to see it through your eyes. But I think that that's, probably similar with the way a lot of artists feel when they want to stand out. Absolutely. Um, and it's easy to let that consume you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, a lot of artists of any capacity, any media, like, you know, musician, visual yeah. artists or like, you know, theater or writing, whatever. It's like a lot of times I meet people that, that are invested in their work and they come to this point and I think every artist can relate to this, but you're just like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> right. Like, no one appreciates it. I'm not getting yeah. the recognition yeah. I deserve. I'm pouring so much energy into this. Yeah. You know, and I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. And that's like a breaking point for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. You know? Um, what do you think helps, have, or what do you think has helped you push forward? Um, well, that self-doubt and that self-criticism is, is really important. I kind of just like look at it differently. Yeah. It's not so much like about the, like, uh, reciprocity I'm getting. Right. I'm just like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like a weird mind game. You're just like, you're just like. I don't know. You kind of just have to not care. I know that sounds yeah. like a cop out and it doesn't really like, right. I don't know. 
Well, getting to the point where you can actually say, like, I don't care, and I'm going to keep pushing forward and keep doing it. Yeah. That takes a lot to get to the point where, right. you're like, I get over myself, and I get over the self-doubt, and I get over the all of the negative thoughts that I'm having about myself, and then you can also get over, if you can get over it from what you're saying to yourself, then you can get over what other people might be saying. Totally. Like, outward. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely can't, you really can't listen to what other people are saying if they're shit-talking, mm-hmm. but, like... I mean, the 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 beginning of that process where you, before you get to the point where you're just like, you know, what am I even doing? Is is like that self doubt is coming from this like this point in you where you're just like, wow, I'm like, it means you like really give a shit and right. you're like putting a lot mm-hmm. of your energy into this, yeah. And like it means that you really care, you know. Like yeah. if you didn't have self doubt, then yeah, you probably would be making shit work, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, the people that listen to that part of them this like internal dialogue you know like you suck nobody cares or something it's like people that listen to that and like really digest it and then like try to like export that or like produce through that dialogue yeah that to me is when like you can tell you can see that yeah you can hear it you know Mm -hmm. you can read it it's like when something you're just like this person is appeasing to that inner dialogue or like what they think will sell whether they're yeah. gonna just you know whether it's just you know on one end of the spectrum where it's just like uh where it's um uh, like palatable or like it's easy to approach right or on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's just like sheer shock right. and it's just like so much push just to get yeah. recognition so it's like this weird thing in the middle you know you like take it and you hear it and then you're like you know what like I hear you, but like I can, it, you just have to kind of like reword it and be like, I can make better. Yeah. 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 Which you I know? think comes from, and since I've known you and your work, it, you've had this of like knowing your voice, quote unquote, in your like artwork. I think yeah. anybody could look at a Cole Bryant piece and be able to say, this is a Cole it's Bryant a piece. Yeah. That's really yeah. Like, it stands like, out a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's I think that is where I don't want to say confidence but yeah confidence in your voice comes from is that you had it kind of defined from at least from what I've seen the beginning which I think is huge thanks yeah I definitely I've strived for that for a long time but I, I encourage people like the, the artists that do kind of say you know like I don't know what I'm doing you know yeah. mm-hmm. when that comes about and I meet people like that I just like Encourage them, like, remember the first time you picked up the pencil. Remember the first time you picked up the yeah. guitar. Yeah. Remember the first time you picked up the brush. You didn't care about what people were doing because right. nobody knew who you, what yeah. you were. And so there's yeah. this beautiful free expression. Yeah. You're doing that. it for yourself. Right. And, and when you stick to that, though, that's how your voice can come about. Yeah. Exactly. And when you start to listen to that dialogue in a negative way and that you start to really internalize it, that's when you that's when it starts to look like something else. People are like, well, what I'm making is not getting recognition, so i got to make it look like X, Y, Z. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then people will get to know, or i got to make it sound like X, Y, Z, you yeah. know? Because yeah. they think some aspect or maybe entirely like what they're producing, you know, or putting out there is just like, it's it's not taking hold, you know? Right. But then you think about like the artists that like in any capacity, again, or any caliber, like the ones that really stuck with just like making something that didn't really sound like anything. And yeah. it kind of had like a harsh reaction, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
like those are the ones when you look back, you know, like fifty years later, it's like, whoa, those are the pioneers. Those yeah. are people right. that just like didn't listen and yeah. like we're just like, I'm gonna make whatever I want and I don't care. And that's it's yeah. fun. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's really good. Because no one wants to like listen to a band that sa- sounds just like another band. Right. Or buy a piece of art that looks just like another piece mm-hmm. of art. Yeah. So I think it is like different and hard to like not conform. I think because you see like success of something. Exactly. That's already yeah. been. And you're like, Especially in today's day and age that's too. What I, want. Yeah. I want instant gratification. But mm-hmm. you got to work. You like, you got to do what you're doing. Like going against the grain, saying true to who you are in your voice. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, Like Soul of Wit was a like a conceptual minimalistic artist throughout the 60s and 70s and you know he preached about like in this very famous letter he wrote and um it was about like making shit art he was just like stop questioning yourself like stop like mm-hmm. trying to make it look like something else Start, yeah make it look like yeah. anything and just like make it and it's gonna suck but yeah. at least you're making it yeah at the good. end of it you're still like making something yeah that's really good i you love know? that good. solo it <laughs> Yeah, solo it. Look him up. Yeah, I want to. So I want to hear a little bit about like your inspiration, like because I look at like I'm looking at that poster on Josh's wall right now, and I just, I, it just looks so di- like we, like we've been talking about. It's so different from what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So like even when I saw you at a show doing like live art, mm-hmm. I was just so engulfed in like intrigued i was like i want to understand like where this comes from like how, like i don't understand it and i want mm-hmm. to understand yeah <laughs> does I, that make sense is that totally do you understand that question yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what's your inspiration like what drives it i don't know well so i know like, you've kind of talked about like where you started but like sure What's going on in your brain, Cole? Right. <laughs> That's a great question. I know you have a river parasite. I have a parasite living in my brain. Okay, that explains it. No, but uh, so like, okay, the the design and like the drawing stuff is kind of it's different, but it's it's all tapping into the same sort of idea or even feeling. Okay. You know, which is like um, pretty much a big thing for me and work is uh, the intuitive nature of the process. Mm. So I started out doing drawing before I did digital art. And uh, from a really young age, when I would look, what inspired me as a kid was like comic books and okay. particularly like newspaper comics and like just this beautiful effortless line work that you saw you know where it looks like there's like no hesitation it looks like they just drew it and they like whipped it up and nothing in like five minutes and it's beautiful and it's effective and it sits with you you know um and there's like something about the way that the line work that's a big thing for me it's like line work there's a lot of my it's a lot of my design and my uh, illustrative work obviously kind of tries to focus on, but the line work in beautiful illustration and drawing, it's like you can almost see this emotion, this emotion that like translates through each mark. The mark making mm-hmm. process of the artist translates and you can almost feel it, you know. It like looks easy, it like sits well with you and it's like it's very comforting in a way. It's like satisfying, you know, yeah. like bubble wrap or something. <laughs> and so I'd say 
intuitive nature is what inspires me and mm-hmm. just not overthinking what I'm making. Mm-hmm. But also it's weird because like it's take it's taken me a long time to like not overthink it, but also like I'm very in touch with, you know, it's like the thought process of what I'm actually sure, doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like I've spent like five years or more, maybe like trying to get to a point where I'm like, thinking and not thinking about it at all i know <laughs> yeah. it sounds kind of trippy <laughs> no, or something but no, like no, no, yeah. that's exactly what it is and so like both my design work my, my digital work and my drawing like the live drawings that you were talking about i'm not thinking exactly about what i'm drawing I'm just thinking about like how i'm drawing it but at the same time as i'm drawing or creating i'm thinking about the big picture too sure. yeah. But a big part of it is just not, you can't be as worried about the outcome and just focus on the process of the creation as it's happening in front of you. Because that, like I said, like looking at those comic books as a kid or those newspaper comics as a kid, like the stuff that really translated was the stuff that looked like they just weren't thinking about it, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I love that. So I think early on I saw that and I wanted to strive for that to be able to like create something with just like effortless, like just, Mm. you just do it and it's awesome. It feels good. It's fun. And everybody that sees it's like, I'm having fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It just flows. Right. It's a big, especially with the line drawing stuff, like with the line drawing stuff, I, um, I have lots of sketchbooks and I practice line drawings with pens and markers, like in small scale. Mm -hmm. And, I just continually practice drawing like the same sort of approach and the same sort of like, I have a general idea of what the figure will look like as far as like, you know, okay, the, the, the feet will look like this, the middle body will look like this, the hands will be oriented like this, yeah. the head will have this sort of form and shape. Sure. And so with the big stuff though, like I'll, I'll kind of work small and then get bigger and bigger and bigger. So eventually what I'm doing is I'm training like the physical motion of my arm to go like a certain way. Yeah. So that way when I get to the big stuff, I'm just not even thinking it's just happening. You know? So I could see that like in what you were doing. Yeah. Like in that live thing. Right. And you you had all different sizes of canvases Mm -hmm. too. And then like you said, it was a bunch of little pieces that made a big story. Yeah. I don't remember what it was though, but I was so intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> also so like cool. watching you do that, it's almost like you get lost in the moment of it and it's like your body just kind of takes control. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a really beautiful process to watch because like you're saying, it's almost like muscle memory, but each time and each place and, and the, like the experiences around you are going to influence those motions in that totally. moment. Totally. So it's really cool to like see that and to know like there's like, thought behind that but you're Mm -hmm. also allowing like a portion of yourself to be open to every single like every show is going to have a different experience a different feel about it therefore all your art's going to be different for each show yeah absolutely i appreciate you saying that it's you know it's the same way as like when you watch a band yeah you know like that you're just like completely immersed in right it looks like they're just like they've been doing this you know for a hundred years or something yeah yeah there's just no thought process. Like they're yeah. just killing yes. it. You know, it's like, so when I started doing the live drawing stuff, I kind of wanted to translate that I love because that. when I do the, when I draw, even with no one around, you know, and it's just me, I try to create this kind of dialogue between me 
and my material, me mm. and my, my media. Yeah. Um, even digitally too. Like I said, it all, it all kind of blends together, whatever I'm doing, but particularly with this drawing, um, I'm very much on like a trance sort of, uh, yeah. like it's, it's a very, um, I mean, it's expressive, it's intuitive. I'm all, I'm, I'm just so like, you know, I got my blinders on. Like, yeah. like all I'm thinking about is just like tell. point A to yeah. point B, point A to point B over and over and over until I see that it's done, yeah. you yeah. know? And the, the beauty of like just really simple black and white line drawings like that um, and why I think it's so much fun to watch that. One, you're kind of you're like a fly on the wall and you're like watching how something is made. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves that. Yeah. But like you can see like that there's not a lot of visual information to take in. You know, it's just, it's such a simple statement of yeah. just black and white line drawings, especially when they're big too, Yeah, yeah. you know, and to like, and it's really like a leap of faith too, to just like, like I don't plan anything out. I don't like pencil anything. It's just like, you just do it and it's yeah. done. And like, there's something about that, that people just love. Yeah. And they just like, they just want to watch. It, I feel like it. Like, if I'm looking at it, it allows my brain to fill it in, in mm-hmm. a sense, where it's, like, my brain is almost visually adding to it, and it's, like, I see the structure, and I see the outline, and I see what you've started and what you've created, but it almost allows the person who's looking at it to dream further. Right. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, the, the positive and the negative space, there's, like, yeah. there's enough room that you can just kind of, like... Uh, imagine the dialogue that's going on because a lot of my stuff it is there is an emotion to it but it's also very open-ended mm. you know there's there's yeah. room for interpretation and a lot of that i believe is due to the relationship between the black lines and the negative space of the canvas or the paper mm. yeah i know this might just be like my experience because i see a lot more bands than live drawing i feel like during your set I felt like the most present. Like there are even mm-hmm. bands playing during parts of it. Mm-hmm. But I know like me and like the people around me were, I don't know. It felt, I felt the most present in that time more so than whenever I see like a band. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm watching you do your, I think art, it's, yeah. I don't know, maybe because of your, because it is something I don't see as often mm-hmm. and seeing like your focus and your just like elegance, I guess just, I don't know the flowness of it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's it's rare. I enjoyed watching you more than the the band, <laughs> but it's just like so interesting watching a process. Which music is a process too, yeah. but this is something you never. There's see. something about art and like seeing live art that yeah. there's an intimacy to it that yeah. like I feel like a lot of music it can be very intimate and it can be very like personal, but it is for the most part meant to be performed. But like mm-hmm. the act of creating artwork no matter what format it's in, it's typically a very like, like you in the canvas or you in the paper or mm-hmm. you in the fabric or you in the computer. Like it's, it's an intimate process. And so you're allowing a lot of people to kind of come into that. that yeah. Come into that very intimate into. place. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh, I'm in here. I started doing <laughs> these like live, you know, the live things you can do with like Facebook. Oh, or yeah. yeah. I started doing live drawings of my sketching. Yeah. Where, or like where I'm just drawing in my sketchbook, you know, with yeah. like those same sort of line drawings. Mm-hmm. I I do them all the time, but I was like, you know, I had an idea one day I was going to do it 
with uh, my phone camera like set up right above it. So you were yeah. just like yeah, literally a fly on the wall wa- yeah. looking down on my sketchbook. And that's, I think, how the idea of the live drawing stuff sort of was cool. came to be. Yeah. Was, I, you know, well, for one thing, like, you know, once it starts, it's like, oh, shit, I got to like gotta draw. I can't like I can't have a lull. Yeah. I can't yeah. think about what I'm doing. Right. Like take a pause. Just be like, hmm, maybe I should draw an apple. <laughs> you know, it's just you're like trying to just entertain the entire stream. Right. Or feed whatever the whole time. So you're just drawing. You finish it, and then you move to the next one. You're like, all right, here we go. It's kind of similar yeah. to what I just drew, but it's a little different. Yeah. And the response was really positive, and people kind of like what y'all are saying. It's just like being involved with that process. You know, they wanted to understand it, and they felt like they could be be there for it. So yeah, yeah. I decided, you know, make it bigger. So for that, that show at Make, you know, I got those like I got some pretty large canvas. And just did it like on the floor and similar, similar reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really great. And you also play music. Mm -hmm. Yes. You play drums. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. For a few bands. I play for Bobby Rock and Roll and Damo Mazel. Nice. How, how long have you been playing music of any form? Um, well, I don't know. Probably not like seriously. I've been playing music seriously for like five years. Yeah. Always drums or always drums. I've dabbled with guitar um and singing, but um I'm most in tune with the drums. Yeah. Again, a very intuitive thing yeah. for me. Yes. I love love playing the drums. Cool. I'm gonna nice. pick up the bass this summer. You should. I'm actually getting one on loan tomorrow, so we should nice. start a band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guitarist? Sure. Martha Lynn, can you sing? I will be a fangirl in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I am you capable of singing. Band Ashley Wingo can I don't play the banjo and sing. She's a great oh, singer. There we go. We have it. She Perfect. is. She's she is excellent. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have it, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Done. There it is. <laughs> we just forced Cole to be in our band. <laughs> <laughs> you get another one. <laughs> and Ashley Wingo, she's not even yeah. here. To I mean, she loves that. She seemed into it last <laughs> She time. talked about how much she loves singing, so... Um, do you have like a moment where like in your professional life, you kind of did ask yourself, was this a mistake? Like going freelance, like with your artwork or with music, <laughs> I'm sure there are many, I feel like every yeah. freelance or person for sure. In- that stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And also how did like in that moment when you asked yourself that potentially, what was the reaction to it? Did it fuel you forward? Did it kind of stunt you? Did it kind of make you like really take a moment? to have like a break and a pause to really kind of meditate on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, freelancers always know it's always like every time I'm just like, Oh my God, why the fuck did I say to, why did I agree to do this? Um, but I mean, probably, I mean, the most interesting thing in my opinion that I can talk about people would like to hear it (laughs) was um when i decided to just drop everything and like go across the country with my girlfriend to portland Mm -hmm. at the time my girlfriend and uh it was like a month and a half long road trip and i like you know the the entire trip leading up to it it was just kind of like things were a little like off Mm. Um, and we had been dating for a little while, like 
like half a year and uh there wasn't like a wasn't like an exact plan per se <laughs> yeah and my and like in my eyes to me like i just thought we were kind of like going across the country and you know it's like an experience we're just like young we don't give a shit we're like yeah. let's just like experience this open country of ours and like go along these places along the way and like see what's up and maybe along the way we'll find a place to live but the whole while there's always this talk of portland like portland oregon and i before this i was never particular particularly interested in moving to portland right like for real seen portland i'm just like eh, it seems like overhyped <laughs> yeah. i don't get it and then um fast forward the end of the trip and like we're in portland and like we're moving to portland i'm moving to portland (laughs) and and um we get there and then we're finding a bunch we and we we break up she breaks up with me and i and we're living in the same place yeah we're living in this like uh, we lived in, oh, oh shit, I don't remember what it's called. It's like where the priest lived next to <laughs> oh, a church. Oh, uh. I don't remember what it's called. Whatever. It's like this old ass hundred year old Catholic <laughs> yeah. church that this woman spent 30 years converting into a house. Wow. And it was Dang. nuts. I mean, it was wild. It was yeah. like too good to be true. And uh, she has this, oh, it's called a parsonage. Yes. So it's where the priest lived. <laughs> yeah. So we lived in the parsonage. And it's just one bedroom, and like there's an upper level though. So when we split, I slept on an air mattress. Oh gosh! Yeah, in the upper level, and man, was I depressed. I mean, like I I moved from Auburn, Alabama, to Portland, Oregon, with no idea of what I'm doing there. Right. I don't know anyone. Jeez. I don't know anyone. Yeah. At yeah. all. With no intention to move I'm there. on the <laughs> other side yeah. of the fucking country. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? And I mean, I was just miserable. And yeah. I remember that that was like when we broke up, I was just like, this was a fucking mistake. Uh. <laughs> like, why? Why am I here? What am I doing here? I don't, I don't know anyone. I don't have a job. I live above my ex-girlfriend on an air mattress. <laughs> and like... It was just miserable. Yeah. So, um, so, so like the, the, the rebound, I guess, or not the rebound, but like how I bounced back was I just, I didn't want to be in the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a job. So I'm just like, okay, I've, I have a little bit of money and I'm just like, I would wake up and I'd be like, I would walk I'm going to go to Portland. So I'm going to go to, we live like outside of Portland in Milwaukee, which was like really far Southeast. Yeah. But there was just this, just recently around the time I had moved there, there was a brand new train, train station. And so walk to it and I would just go into the city and just hang out and wander and get lost in Portland, uh, for months. <laughs> um, just doing nothing, yeah. you know, Filling like, time. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, like, I had very little money. I couldn't afford Uber, you know, so I was like, I would just, I bought, like, a Max Pass, and I would just, like, you know, spend it just wandering around and, like, getting cheap, like, taco truck tacos pretty much for every meal. Um, And I would explore the museums, or I would explore, there's tons of parks. Uh, And eventually, um, I just was like, this whole time that this is happening, I'm just kind of like still going through the same sort of mental process. You know, just like, what am I doing here? 
what am I doing here? Oh my God. Yeah. Like I should leave, right? I should go home and just go home, you know, like whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I, something in me, like I was just feeling like extra tenacious or something. I was like, I'm just going to like make it work. <laughs> like I didn't want to leave and like go home and be defeated. You know, right. like yeah. I went out there with this girl and then I, That's she broke cool. up with me and then I had like, I ran home, you know, it yeah. would like hurt my pride or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I start hitting people up on Instagram and oh. I'm just like, do you know anyone in Portland? Do you know anyone in Portland? Like, like people that I just didn't even know. Yeah. But there's one dude that I met in Santa Fe who I had never met in person until I went on this road trip. It's one of those people that I knew on Instagram that we just like, you know, you like every, everything yeah, yeah, they yeah. post. Right. So I knew they were in Santa Fe. I'm going to Santa Fe on the road trip to Portland. Yeah. This is like a month, or not, excuse me, this is like a couple weeks before I'm there. And I hit him up when I'm on my way. And I meet with him in New Mexico, and it's great in Santa Fe. You know, it's just like we hit it off. We're like instantly best friends. Go to Portland. And I'm like, dude, I'm in Portland. I don't know anyone. And this is somebody I had known for maybe a night yeah. Right? Yeah. on Instagram. Hit him up. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, I have a friend in Bijan, and he owns a gallery in portland um and he's having a show on friday so i'm like oh perfect okay i'm gonna go and he's like yeah just talk to him tell him you know me and yeah he's great he's super friendly so i'm like awesome so i'm i go to this uh i go to this show and it's it's this gallery that's like in the back of a vinyl store right very portland yeah it's like it's it's just (laughs) two rooms that are very big and tall mm-hmm. and it's this amazing show um from this collective called dark igloo out of new york and i see bijan i recognize him uh from his instagram that he sent me so i'm like i go to him I'm like hey i'm cole and he's like oh yeah like david told me about you and uh, we just start shooting the shit and we're just like talking and we're, we're really like clicking. We like share a lot of the same passions. He's a into graphic design, like contemporary digital art and stuff like oh. that. So he's like, let's get coffee. Like, I'd love to like talk with you. He was just like, boom, just like, yeah, let's hang out. That's yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So we go get coffee about a week later and we sit down and we're doing the whole runaround, you know, it was like, what do you like to do? What kind of art do you like? You know, what are you doing here? I give him my whole shtick. Right. You know, and he's just like, well, that sucks. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, well, give me your whole shtick. And so he's telling me about this gallery that he's running. And he's just like overwhelmed a little bit because he's yeah. traveling between L.A. and Portland a lot. And so he's talking about how he's putting on these shows monthly, kind of like what y'all do at the Loft Show. Right. He's doing this thing monthly. and he's, It's just tough. That's yeah. tough to do. Uh, and, but also traveling and he's also doing freelance graphic design. And then, you know, I just kind of interject and I'm like, sounds like you need, uh, some help, (laughs) you know? And then I fast forward, I just kind of weaseled my way in (laughs) and he was like, you know, well, when can you start? Yeah. He just like hired me on the spot. Like first coffee date. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So. Um, that was the catalyst to just like the, like uh, the up and up for me. That's amazing. Post just like depressed. Don't know anyone. I'm in the city. I'm like, I have a job. I don't have a place to live. Yeah. I find this couple on, uh, Craigslist. I move in to Northeast Portland in this house 
Um, they're artists too. They cool. have a basement, and I get my own studio for the wow. first time. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, and I work for this gallery. I'm yeah. like a, an assistant curator, essentially. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, w- once a month, these artists from around the world come in. He's just super hella connected. Yeah. yeah. And uh, these, these artists come in, and like um, we entertain them. You know, we show them around Portland, and we curate their show. Yeah. We, they... You know, they talk about their art with us and they talk about how they want people to experience the space in relation to the art. And like, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like up in arms. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. And all the while, you know, he's kind of giving me these side gigs too with his, with his freelance work. He starts like kind of giving me some side jobs with Nike and stuff and like doing work for Fisk, the gallery. Yeah. Um, cool. so that jump started my own freelance. Mm. Um, and then next thing I know, I'm like connecting with these artists who live in LA and New York and I'm, I'm like through, basically I realized like through this super shitty situation, I, it ended up sort of kickstarting this like completely new chapter in my life holy crap (laughs) where i started knowing and getting connected with like artists that were in like some serious pockets of other artists golly that's so amazing it was wild yeah and so that's kind of how my mistake turned into like holy crap (laughs) it it, i mean it changed my life it completely changed my life and i started meeting these artists that i followed on instagram since i was in like high school right yeah wow and like i'm like you know, he's like telling me, um, I remember I got to meet my fr- uh, this guy, Sean Solomon, who I, he has an animated show on Hulu, um, the Lucas Brothers Moving Company, which me and my friends used to get stoned and watch in college. And I'm curating his show, you know, the next yeah. month. And, wow. and, and, and the, but the point is, I'm trying to make is like these, these artists that I would meet that I would really look up to and really revered. Uh, put on a pedestal, I it it just brought them down to my level. They're yeah. just regular ass yeah. people, right? Yeah. Who just happened to be kind of connected, yeah. yeah. You know, and they weren't pretentious yeah. or like mm-hmm. up their own ass or anything, yeah. You know, and and it it showed me like, wow, this is way more attainable. That's not not the like not being pretentious or anything, but like <laughs> just like. The success that I saw in them, it see, that that the pathway to get to that point seemed a lot more tangible. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. I could like I could you know I could see it. Yeah, yeah. they That's weren't gods good. anymore; they were just yeah. people. Right. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was also super into Kanye West, and I remember my boss. <laughs> um, he gave a lecture one time. I went to at PNCA and. Uh, he was like, even Kanye West wakes up in the morning. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> think about that all the time. I was just like, all these people that you look up to, yeah. just like probably wake up and they doubt themselves every yeah. day, you know, yeah. back to like what I was saying. And yeah. it's all about how you like reshape that and overcome it. Like so yeah, that, that, that so whole cool. experience was just like brought things into, into perspective and like gave me hope and made me, you know, push myself and push my art. No, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Like, you could have run home, yeah. yeah. you know? But you're like, no, I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to write it out. Yeah. And, like, if you would have come, come home, where would you be now? Yeah. I don't know. I know. That's amazing. I love that. Thanks. I'm so inspired by that. And you ended up getting back with that girl 
Mm, no. <laughs> Y'all are married with three kids. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Twelve kids. I forgot about that. Twelve. Life. Sorry. Oh, wow. Yep. And they all live They're in my busy. brain. Yeah. <laughs> As they should. Like the parasites. They're all little parasites. <laughs> Cute. Oh. How did you get back? Yeah. What brought to Alabama? Yeah. 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 Well, um, how did you leave that? Yeah. So the gallery was like. It it essentially just kind of got to a point where he was like it was too much, yeah, yeah. and like he had to take a hiatus. Sure. And I had learned during my stay in Portland that my dad was sick, mm-hmm. so I had a job. It got me another job to actually create for another gallery, and I was like really torn. Cause I could, I could curate for this other gallery or like go back home and be close to my dad. You know, it's just like, right. don't really, yeah. don't really have a choice. Yeah. Um, cause like, I mean, just being that far away, like I saw it's my hard. family like once a once. year. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. how long were you in Portland for over a year, year and a half, something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Substantial time. And yeah, it was I, eventually, you know, I just like. I didn't have a lot of stuff out there either. Right. You know, I didn't have a car or anything. So I just packed my clothes. I did um, kind of get a lot of art, though, along the way, which I just kind of left in Portland with my roommates. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I basically just, like, packed my bags and, like, flew back to Alabama and was just kind of, like, nomad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... I ended up in Birmingham just because my friend Caleb and Rebecca and Julie, they were all living here in Southside for like college. Well, Caleb had a job here. but um, And so we would come here for concerts and stuff Saturday. And, sure. you know. Yeah. So I just like, I didn't really know much about Birmingham at all. I just was like, this seems cool. Yeah. And then all my friends from college moved here. So now we have like this great little cool. community. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Huntsville. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is there like a like silly mistake that you've made? Like something that's like, this is like, you can uh, it's, think about it. It's kind of silly. It's stupid. Uh, I have uh, a septum piercing and um, the septum piercing that I have is like, uh, it's not a loop. You know, it's got like two dangly ends that right. come yeah. out of each side of my septum. Yeah. But they're like sharp. And um, one of these bands I used to play in, uh, we had a gig. It was a house show, and I would I would, I would drum and sing. So I had this microphone that's exactly oriented, like yeah. I'm speaking into this one now, and it got like oh, caught no. in the oh, thread no. during oh. a song. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like really close up to it like this and i'm like singing this really intense song and it's like building and building and then as i come away from the microphone it comes with me and i realize i'm like oh shit my nose ring is like threaded into the metal threads of this microphone and you can't use your hands to stop because you're drumming right well no i straight up just stop drumming and i'm just like i'm just like uh Oh, uh, and there, and my bandmates like turn to me and they're like, "What the hell is going on?" And I'm like, "And I can't, I can't just whisper to them because yeah. I, my mouth is right up against the microphone." So I'm just like, "My nose ring is inside of the microphone." 
<laughs> we had to stop the song completely. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> they still they still kind of give me shit for it. <laughs> Do you still have your septum pierced? It is still pierced, but I knew we had a microphone, so I did not wear it today. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Smart. That's very wise. You learned from your mistakes. Yeah. Um, I actually got it while I was working at the gallery. Really? Oh, cool. It was, well, there was two dudes that... It was Bijan and this guy, Michael Spo, and, um, and they were like, we're going to bleach our hair before this show. And I was like, oh, cool. And it was it ended up being like hella expensive. And I was just like, yeah. I cannot afford that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm thinking about piercing my septum. And <laughs> I remember he like dropped me off at the mall and I went to like a, like a Claire's. Yes. <laughs> but for Portland. So, you know, it probably sounded cooler and had yeah. like an ampersand in between. Right. Two names. <laughs> um, and it was just so nonchalant. It was wild. I was expecting it to be like any a tattoo or something. Yeah. yeah. You know? But they're just like, what do you want? And I'm like, I just want to get my stuff <laughs> They're like, all right, this is what you get. And they like hold it up, you know, this like little like ball bearing ended metal thingy. Right. And Poor I'm just you. like, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And you walk in, you sit down. It's like going to the doctor. And then you have like, you know, they like clamp it with this thing to like get the direction, you know, like the, the. I don't what do you want to call it? Like almost like tongs that right. clamp around your septum. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then they just like, you know, thread a needle through. <laughs> it's really I mean like it Did it, it hurt? It, yeah, it hurts for like a millisecond. And you and like I remember I had like a single tear. <laughs> just because it's your nose. You yeah. know, if you yeah. ever like bump your nose, it Very just like sensitive. makes your eyes water. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So like yeah. I remember I had a single tear <laughs> come down. <laughs> and then it's just like there's just this like long, like metallic thread that's just like inside your nose, yeah. you know. Oh, super God. tribal and they're just like and then then they like pull it out and slip it in and they tighten the ball bearings and you're done it doesn't hurt at all and then after. they're like oh by the way here's some saline solution you have to wash it for a year oh jeez oh, that's a commitment yeah and i don't know if you've ever smelled your nose oh, septum oh. piercing heel oh, i have not God. It, it smells it weird you can like smell the plasma it's right there like it's, <laughs> it's right there. yeah it's so crazy. yeah I don't have a lot of cartilage in my nose. Oh. And so Can you like smush it down? Yeah. <gasps> oh my <Whoa>. god. <laughs> I wish they could see this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would yeah. be so interesting. Uh, I wonder if that would hurt though cuz like I mean my nose is really squishy. It's like a like a muppet That's character. Yeah. Crazy. So when you said it like hurts when you bump your nose I was like it you doesn't. don't know how many things have hit my face. And it's broken like, okay, my nose a couple times. Off. Never never done that. Sucks. I've literally like if there's a ball flying it's going to hit me in the face. Never failed. I've gotten hit in the face with basketballs, baseballs, footballs, frisbees. But it doesn't I don't matter because it just no, bounces No, it just off. bounces right <laughs> off, and it's totally fine. Like in high school, people Formal knew. They are like, oh, Marthelen's okay. Her nose doesn't have any cartilage in it. It'll be fine. Of course. <laughs> That's wild. I know. And it used to be way squishier. I used to be able to go up to windows and go completely flat, and you couldn't even, like, my nose Whoa. would just go. Oh, my flush. God. Yeah. But in the last 10 years, it's... Kind of a little stipper. Well, um, do you have anything you want to plug? Like your social media, website? Mm, uh, I mean, you can follow my work, my digital work on Instagram. It's yeah. Butch Ankles with a like an underscore in between. So Butch yeah. underscore. Butch an- unders- underscore uh, ankles. Nice. I have a show coming up nice. at Tropicaleo July 22nd cool with uh andrea dillingham or oh, andrea yeah. really uh 
at Tropicaleo, and the Skinny Dippers are playing. Nice. And yeah. I think Taylor Hollingsworth is playing. Sweet. I'll be showing some charcoal pieces that I'm working on. Cool. Nice. Incredible. Excited to July see July 22nd. July 22nd. Okay. What time? In the PM. <laughs> In the PM. The night time. Straight In up PM. In the well, thanks cool. for being on here again. Yeah, welcome yeah. to be here. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> really yeah. welcome to be here. Welcome to welcome have you. Welcome to be here. <laughs> I'm going to sleep on this bed now. Go yeah, for it. Good night. Good. good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. This is a mistake.